Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Shalom, shalom, friends. It's an honor and delight to be here today with Ambassador Itamar Rabinovich, who is a professor emeritus of Middle Eastern history at Tel Aviv University and a distinguished policy fellow at the Brookings Institution. He has completed his term as president of Tel Aviv University in 2007. Rabinovich has been a member of the faculty of Tel Aviv University since 1971 and served as chairman of the Department of Middle Eastern Studies director of the Dayan Center for Middle Eastern and African Studies, Dean of Humanities and Rector. Between 1992 and 1996, Ambassador Rabinovich served as Israel's ambassador to the United States and as chief negotiator with Syria while on leave from Tel Aviv University. Ambassador, thank you so much for taking time. My pleasure. So to jump right in here, so Israel currently, of course, uh, is in political morass with no clear candidate who will be the, the next prime minister. And I wonder, what do you think will happen in the months to come, and how will it affect the state of Israel moving forward? Uh, I and everybody else just uh, do not know. Um, it's uh, The country is split uh, down the middle, so is the political system, and so have been uh, the uh, two election campaigns. Uh, we very much hope that the third election uh, campaign on uh, uh, March 2, uh, will uh, produce a decision and that finally we'll have a government and life will begin to go back to normal. But I cannot uh, ensure that. <laughs> Great. So it seems that Israel and Israelis are becoming increasingly polarized, both racially and so, uh, socioeconomically. W where do you think is the greatest potential for Israelis to want to, to unite together in the future? Uh, I think the key is leadership. Uh, I, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, working closely under Prime Minister Rabin, and uh, I wrote his biography, I published his biography two years ago, and I had plenty of opportunity to also ponder and think back about my time with him. And what I appreciated most uh, in what he did was the fact that he provided leadership. He knew how to bring people together, how to look at the national uh, interest, you can never get 100% of the people to support what you do, but you can try to rally a majority and by providing not just a policy, but also a, an explanation to the, to the people, mobilizing them uh, for a good, good cause, you can overcome any of these uh, divisions. Is there, is there a story or an example you can share about, uh, about Rabin of, of some, that demonstrates his excellence of leadership of building of uh, building unity in Israel? Uh, yes, let me actually go back to his period as Minister of Defense before he was Prime Minister. Uh, 
and you know, at that time in the 80s, we were uh, in Lebanon and we were bleeding in Lebanon. And sometimes we would have casualties. Rabin, in the event of an incident with Israeli casualties, would go on television, would look at the Israeli public straight in the eyes from the uh, uh, television set, and we would say, I am the Minister of Defense and I am responsible. This is the kind of, of leadership that, that people appreciate. That, uh, someone who doesn't just take credit for successes and uh, glory, but also takes, uh, um, takes responsibility for failures or for, uh, for hardships. At the end of your book on Yitzhak Rabin of Blessed Memory, you posit that Rabin was a symbol um, of the changing state of Israel, dying as a result of its dramatic shift away from the socialist kibbutznik vision to something different. Do you think this change is a concern for those who want a safe, prosperous, and secure Middle East? Uh, you know, uh, a change is there. There's, there's not much you can do about changes that are the result of uh, processes and developments beyond one's control. What used to be a, a very small country is now a country not like the United States, but we are more than 8 million. We used to be 1 million in the early 1950s. We are much more prosperous. We are much more powerful. We are much less dependent. And we also have a different situation in the Middle East. There are parts of the Arab world that are at peace with now. There are other parts that are not, do not have a formal peace with now, but regard Israel not just is uh, no longer an enemy, but a potential ally against greater dangers like Iran and uh, jihadi, uh, jihadi Islam. And uh, definitely Israel can, can now be part of an important, moderate uh, axis in the Middle East. Okay, great. So uh, shifting gears for a moment, um, you know, many people, m uh, many of us talk about the military occupation today. And many think that um, it's just fine um, and it makes sense and this should be the permanent future. Some think, okay, it's a tragedy that there's, um, you know, that the Israeli military is, uh, has this military occupation uh, in the West Bank and in Gaza. Um, but what can we do? And there's those who say, stop this occupation now. I wonder if you can share insight on your perspective. Yes. Um, I, uh, I think that... Uh, Hopefully, we, sh we should be able to put an end to, to this. I think that occupation is, is bad in itself and is dangerous for us simply because of uh, demographics. Um, if, uh, if we stay in control of the West Bank for another 10 or 15 years, there will be more Arabs, more Palestinians than Jews uh, west of the Jordan River, and Israel will have to make a choice. It will have to remain either Jewish or democratic. It's a choice. I wouldn't like uh, to see us making. So it's in our interest to, to separate from the Palestinians. At this time, such a final status agreement is not, um, is not available. Uh, the conditions are not ripe in Israel, among the Palestinians, and in Washington, where the administration, I think, is, is different from previous administrations. And despite the so-called uh, Trump plan, we do not see this administration moving things forward. So it is in our interest at this point not to seek in vain a final status agreement, but at least to try to stop the drift to one statehood. The, if we continue 
at this uh, pace and in this direction, we will become one state and this one state may not be Jewish. Yes, yes, okay, thank you. My, so my last question for you, um, you know, um, in America, American Jews oftentimes have a universalistic orientation. Um, we think about, uh, you know, not, not just our role as Americans, but our global responsibility. And in Israel, um, many are guided by nationalism, which makes sense, um, the, the, you know, the Zionist vision, the Zionist dream. And I wonder, can this liberal universalism of American Jews and this nationalism, this Zionism of Israelis, um, how can those be molded together to have more solidarity? Because I think oftentimes we're having a different discussion um, and we miss each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's a real problem because uh, if you have enlightened nationalism, as I hope we do, this nationalism is always embedded in a universalism, in a view of the role and place of your national movement, of your nation in the world. Uh, what we call tikkun olam, that uh, beyond looking after ourselves and after our security, we want to look for meaning, uh, greater meaning for our life and mission. Kimitziyon tetzetoah. What does it mean? Uh, light unto the nations. All of these, uh, all of these ideas are quite powerful in in Israel and our work in Africa, in Latin America, in different parts of the world, in uh, uh, helping developing nations, in uh, building technology that is of service to others, in having a culture that uh, is read uh, globally. And if you look at the number of, of books from other countries that are translated into Hebrew and, and read, you would realize that we don't have a narrow-minded nationalism, but that we can very well fit into a, a more universal view of uh, ourselves. That's beautiful, and I think that's a great place to conclude um, for us to build bridges to strengthen Israel together uh, around the world and to do so in a way that this is not uh, a nationalism as a nation as an end, but a nationalism uh, embedded within a universalism that is for the global good, and that is the true Zionist vision. Security for Jews, security for all, and um, an advancement for all. Ambassador, thank you so much for all of your time. Your work is an inspiration. Yeah. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye.